Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is an actor a producer a writer who has written features like antiquities as well as worked on some great shows like rectify and true detective who co-created the fantastic television show quarry and he's currently in the throes of writing the limited series florida man based on the recently published tom cooper novel please welcome graham gordy welcome well, thanks so much, man. How's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm doing okay. You know, it's a <laughs> it's a it's a mixed bag, as I'm sure it is for for everybody. <laughs> yeah, figuring out whatever it is as we go. I've said this before, but trying not to I'm trying to to stay in the middle of the two polarities of terrible and amazing. Mm-hmm. As if I could be okay, that works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I, you know, in relative terms, I feel very lucky and I'm probably doing a lot better than the vast majority of Americans. But I will say that, you know, over the past month or so that the the COVID fatigue and the state of the on my mental health is is not being great. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you, I know exactly what you mean. And I feel like it's all this awful mental marathon, but man, I've really felt it the last few months, especially. And um, I don't know if part of that, like psychically, is seasonal ritualized time, and it's like our place marker for what has the year been like. And then you're just like, oh god, what has it been like? It's felt like it's both happened in three seconds, but also been seven years long. It's just unfathomable. Yeah, I, I think that it, it it's like we all started a marathon and everybody told us it was like 16 miles, you know, and then we got to mile 16. And then, you know, I I just thought that the vaccine news and all of that would sort of be the, it is the light at the end of the tunnel, obviously, but it is, it was just sort of this reminder of like, yeah, it's, it's happening, but you're not going to get it for six months. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, and I think that's the part of it where I'm just, uh, yeah. Yeah, where it kind of broke me a little bit. but You're running this marathon. They tell you how long it is. It's this long. But then it ends up, it's like still TBD. Mm-hmm. But then they also now, they show you a carrot. And then it's like, where'd the carrot go? Right. Like I see like a fuzzy carrot way in the distance. <laughs> but I don't know how far along that is. I just know I'm still running this marathon and I'm tired. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we're all experienced the kind of the purgatory and yeah there's not like nobody's happy in purgatory everybody's like what are we doing here and what's going <laughs> except there was one guy i guess in in dante's purgatory oh, there was a, a character named Balacqua who was like a very like totally happy to be in purgatory and i guess that's the model that we should probably use is to figure out how to get to the mental state where we can just be like yeah, man. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> yeah, it <no>. great? <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Is like I want to be like okay in purgatory. I don't want to be like I'm thriving. <laughs> like, oh god, no. Oh no, this is this is my comfort zone now. I have a lot to unpack. Yeah. On top of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So I know in the last, however long, I'm sure it's, I mean, in terms of like more maybe actively working on it, but in September, it was announced that you were working on the adaptation of the book, Florida Man, which just came out in July. Mm -hmm. Joel Edgerton is both EPing, but he's also slighted a star in that. What has that process been like? Because I can't imagine what it is to write, create, develop a television show. Yeah, I mean, that that was an interesting one because it kind of, came together all at once like it um 
And in my albeit limited experience with this industry, like it's very rare for that to happen. You know, more yeah. more often it's a thing where it's like you work really, really hard on something for a year or two years and you sort of put everything into it and kind of chips on that and then you go out and you either sell it or don't and then it's still like a development process and then you know maybe they want to shoot a pilot or then you know you get lucky and they want to shoot a season uh but it's always kind of a, a battle and and yeah. with this and again like we haven't sold it yet but it was a production company anonymous content and and i'm i'm represented by them my manager and friend matt de ross is is uh a manager there and a producer there and he and i guess joel had read that novel you know because essentially before mm-hmm. before novels sort of go out into the world to buy them at bookstores you know there if there's any sort of viability for them as being adapted then they tend to make this these publishing houses tend to make these sort of runs around hollywood to you know figure out if anybody wants to attach themselves to this and they want to get somebody to adapt it and that and so yeah i mean it was it was honestly a a pretty a pretty random thing because joel had read it and was you know and joel's a great writer and director himself he doesn't need me but he just had he really liked the project and he had sort of too much on his slate in terms of acting and writing and directing and so so anyway, they, they called me and we had a we had a call about it and then, you know, had some talks with the author about it. And yeah, they ended up choosing us to to adapt it. So, yeah, just kind of getting into the process of that. Honestly, um, I've been working on some other things and Joel's slate has been pretty is pretty packed for 2021. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of diving into that now. I will say Joel's movie, his debut, The Gift, mm-hmm. I think is so good. I love that movie. And it gave me like kind of like Pacific Heights vibes <laughs> Yeah, that I very much like. I like that genre of movie like mm-hmm. that. So I, I enjoyed that movie very much. And just as an actor, he has such like a quiet power about him that I, he's like imminently watchable. Yeah, he, there's a lot. There's a lot that's always sort of seems to be working under the surface there. And he managed just to kind of throw away the words in the perfect in the, in the perfect way and there's you know you yeah. can see that there's a lot sort of building under there so yeah, i think he's he's great and sort of infinitely talented and frustratingly talented at so many things <laughs> <laughs> it feels like the general like to define what a, a great performance is it's got to be so much more outward mm-hmm. for people to like quantify it on some level right. but when you have an actor like him that's so much more innately more internalized like to me i'm like oh that's the difficult thing right. of the two because you can imbue so much more outwardly directing but he instills so much while from an action standpoint seemingly doing so little i can't imagine how difficult that is to communicate you know so much by being able to communicate so little yeah i I think he's you know those are the kinds of actors to me that sort of that never get enough credit like when they're younger actors and then it's like you think about you know there's those certain actors like Gene Hatton or, you know, that are just so steady and good in, in like pretty much everything that they do. And I feel like that in a career that Joel is going to have is that like 15 years now, everybody's going to be like, man, this guy's been solid. <laughs> like yeah. just consistently yeah. solid. It's definitely going to be one, I think, yeah, to your point, like a body of work that you can stumble upon or just revisit and just be like, oh man, 
when I think of like steady actors of like people that run the gamut of like amazing performances and just great performances, but they're always minimally good. I think of like Gene Hackman and like Robert Duvall of like, oh, they'll never mm-hmm. be bad. It seems like that's going to be the case. Like so far, uh, he's nailing it as far as I'm concerned. But the book being what it is, what I've read about it, I've admittedly not read it, but seems to be like a mix of like dramatic element, but there's also like comedic flair, which seems to, for me, mm-hmm. feel like a logical synthesis of your background having been comedy, but also just writing like these kind of well, grittier character pieces, like rectify, but also true detective. And then a show that I deeply love that really hasn't gotten its, its, uh, Phil, it's due. There it is. It hasn't got its due in Quarry, which is such a good show, and I have questions about that too. But well, thanks, man. When that came across, you know, Florida Man, was that just like, oh, that's interesting, or like that's something you can, you're like, oh, I can do this because of your background? Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think that, you know, I don't know. I mean, especially when you're a young writer, it's like you don't really know, you haven't lived enough life to really know who you are, or what you like you know or at least and and i'm sort of a a late bloomer in in all of those ways but it's like and and i and i feel that you know 20 years into this that i'm finally sort of figuring out the things that i like to do and the kind of tones and and i think that one of my favorite things i mean my favorite kinds of material tend to be things that sort of mix those tones in ways that are you know, that something is funny and then sort of that you like you get used to it being funny and you find yourself unadaptable to the idea of it being dramatic and then it gets dramatic and it actually like kind of is like you have this sort of emotional moment with it and then all of a sudden it's funny again. And th- those are the kinds of things that I my favorite things are the are the, the pieces that sort of play as many notes on the piano as they can, you know, and yeah. and, and if I can. So any, any project that involves that, I feel like, yeah, I can, I, I craft wise and stuff like that. Like I, I'm learning how to do these different genres and work in these different genres. And there's certain times when for certain pieces that things just aren't appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, and I'm always called out on that where it's like, yes, but is that really this, this (laughs) show or this movie, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I want to try to sort of get away with that. And I think that the thing about Florida Man is that there is like there's a there's a, a crime drama in there, but it's also kind of about this stoner, you know, who who ha, who is who's kind of feels like he hasn't made a whole lot of his life. And he he made this sort of one mistake and and it's coming back to haunt him and. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's um, the elements that I like about it are, are how how it becomes, you know, it, it does become humorous. It also becomes like sort of weirdly mystical at times. It does become, <laughs> you know, it sort of mixes all this stuff in, and and that that's a those are tough lines to walk, and so it will it will either hit and and really work, or it will be a massive failure. <laughs> But that's got to be fun to play in, though. I was curious, too, that when you're adapting a book in this case, is it that you're feeling beholden to the source material at all? Or is it just like, what can I do to make the best show and this is the starting point? I think that, you know, I I always 
Like I, I don't I don't ever want to adapt a book that I don't like. <laughs> you know? Yeah, fair. Um, uh, and because it just feels like you know, even if you see something in it that you're doing some sort of disservice to the author in some way. So I think that I mean my, but I do think that there are things there are certain things where it's like you know there's certain storylines that just feel like you read a novel and you're like, okay, if I were going to adapt this, this would definitely be a feature. And like, you, you really shouldn't get more than two hours out of this. Yeah. Or it's like, this is definitely a limited series and this should be like eight hours, you know, or a mini series and it's four or like a, you know, or no, you know what, there's enough, there's enough going on here that it has enough of a dramatic engine to it that I want to live in this world for five seasons or something yeah and so i think it's that like my main thing is is more so than specific moves and a lot of it has to do with like the author too you know it's like how how open the author is to to making changes i mean I, i've been adapting this this very sort of dark but beautiful book called american war over the past couple of years into a, a feature and there's not a lot of levity or daylight in there. Like it is a very, very dark story. And I think that, you know, in, when I read it, I was like, this is the book that I want to adapt. And then in talking to the author, who is just the, like the sweetest, most sort of generous, brilliant author, a guy named Omar el that, you know, where I was sort of like, I was adapting it. And I was like, I, like, there are some of these things that are just too, like, we have to give a little bit of a, break you know like empathy empathy is great empathy is what is why we do this but empathy is also a muscle and it needs relief you know in this in the same way that comedy does too like you have to have enough of a dramatic storyline there to hook into because if you're just telling jokes like that's great for 15 minutes and after 15 (laughs) minutes it's going to be like wait a second this is a hundred minute movie and why Like what? Is, what's happening? Like, why do I care? Like, you know? What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, that was probably a long-winded answer. I no, don't even right. know if I answered your question, but <laughs> no, <laughs> but, look, but I, I do... don't even know what my question was. So <laughs> no, oh, it was it was about it was about just that, the ad- adapting. How, how yeah, how how close you you feel necessary to sort of hew to that. And I so uh, anyway, I I think that I set out to always be as as true to the book as as I as I possibly can but there are certain discoveries that you make along the way that it's like all right this just isn't working like I don't want people to like I want people to watch the third episode so what do we need to do (laughs) yeah and that makes absolute sense too and it also you know to your point about it makes complete sense to have to like the book to then want to adapt it because like if you didn't like the book and you're just stripping it for parts at a certain point it's like well why even adapt this book you know if you're coming up with your own thing that deviates so much from it and speaking of which too quarry which I mentioned which was came out in 2016 on Cinemax it was an adaptation of a book. Mm-hmm. First of all, like like I said, I love that show. I think it's so good and um, so well made, and a really impressive cast. So many great actors in that yeah, that did cool. so much good work. I know it it wasn't like an overnight situation, more like Florida Man. But how long of a process was that? But also, like, what is the role of a show creator? Yeah, so that process started. My friend Michael Fuller and I, we were. Um, we were actually writing on, we were in the Rectify writer's room for mm-hmm. season one. And I was in LA to be in that writer's room. 
and I was staying with him while I was in there. He was generous enough to, to let me, you know, stay at his place. And then we were talking about like, all right, well, what do we like, what do we want to do next? Because the reason we got the rectify job, we'd sold a series to AMC that didn't end up going. And then I also knew Ray McKinnon from, you know, when he was living in Arkansas. Yeah. And so anyway, we joined that, we joined that room and we were, so like when we were working on Rectify, we were also sort of talking at night about, well, what kind of thing would we want to do? And initially we were talking about something that was in sort of like the South uh, set in the seventies. And we were talking about this kind of like Dixie Mafia show, you know, sort of surrounding that. And this was before, I think Justified was on or maybe it had just, I don't, you know, but anyway, it was, it was something where it just felt like kind of an original idea. And especially if it was set in the seventies that it could be pretty cool. And so anyway, we just started working on this pilot. And then once we were done writing Rectify, we actually ended up selling it. And then it was one of those things where it was like, they wanted to shoot the pilot. So then we, they ordered episode two and three like rather than give us like a season order, we wrote two and three and then we shot the pilot. And then like they were, there were things that the guy that was the head of HBO at the time really liked about it and things they didn't like about it. And yeah. so he wanted to like, and they did the same thing with like, um, uh, Oh God. Um, <laughs> so ridiculous that I'm now forgetting this name. Anyway, it's, it's a thing that they, they, that HBO, I guess, because they, have a lot of development money and stuff where yeah. he was like, I want to change these elements about it. I want to reshoot this stuff and reshoot this stuff. So it was a particularly long process. Okay. And it was like, I mean, I want to say that like between, so, so we'd shot the pilot and then I think like two years later we ended up shooting like the whole first season and then they hired us to write the second season. So we wrote the second season and we were writing that. And then that's when, then the guy who greenlit the show got fired, which seems to be a pretty common thing that like, you know, yeah. that there, there are shows that just get canceled because, you know, there's not enough interest and whatever. And then there's a lot of shows that get canceled because they were the, the babies of the people who were in charge at that time. And so anyway, so when they got a new sort of, you know, group of people at the top and they were like, yeah, we're not going to go forward with that. So anyway, that was, that was, that was frustrating because, you know, we'd written an entire second season. We kind of outlined what five seasons would be and imagine that. And, um, you know, I mean, more than just the, more than just the frustration about all of that, it was a big part of it was just like, we've kind of lived with these characters for so yeah. long and we gotten excited about, you know, what five years of that would be. So, uh, anyway, yeah. All that time of development and it's like, oh, we got momentum. And then, you know, out of completely out of your control, obviously, if somebody gets fired and then there's that thing of new person comes in and then they want to excise all of the previous regime stuff because, oh, if it's successful, they don't get credit for it. Right. And if it's not, they get blamed for it. Yeah. So absolutely. they move on to the next thing. But I will say that there are a lot of strong elements of the show, but the cast, I think, is fantastic with yeah, you know they're... Logan Marshall Green and Jody Balfour, but then Damon Harriman, who fantastic god he is so good <laughs> you know like so good and you know most recently played charles manson in the uh well i guess last season of manhunter 
Mm-hmm. But then Peter Mullen, who is a force of nature, <laughs> and if I saw him on the street, I'd probably walk the other way. He terrifies me. He, yeah, he's, he's so he ter- good. And he's absolutely like the sweetest guy. Like I was terrified of him. I was just afraid he was going to come punch me in the face uh, for the first, you know, <laughs> like I just sat there and watched him for about 30 minutes. And yeah. then I, you know, finally got the courage to go introduce myself. And he couldn't have been nicer. Like, you know, uh, yeah, just to. If I met sweetheart. like him or rest in peace, but like Peter Postlewaite or somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm sure you're so nice, but I have seen too much terrifying things on the screen of what you've done. And you are all too good at it. But like but then, you know, you also have Nikki Amuka Bird, who is mm-hmm. so good. Mustafa Shakur, who is rightfully starting to blow up now too. Oh, Happy Anderson. I forgot. He was in Manhunter as well. Mm-hmm. It was so good. But uh mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tom Noonan, like so many, God, I've, I deeply underestimated even so how many people, but one person that particularly stood out to me, both for the character he played, but also I thought he was so good in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, was Olafur Olafsson. Oh, yeah. He is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, what a, he has such a power about him that I would love to see him in so many more things. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, our director, Greg, had, had mentioned him, and I, I was sort of like, well, he's playing kind of a big redneck like he's a big, <laughs> yeah. this giant sort of scandinavian dude and then greg was like no just watch and then <laughs> he's yeah. sitting in the tape okay. and it was like oh okay yeah okay let's do this <laughs> you're like, fair enough mm-hmm. i abdicate my thoughts on that to you because yeah i would not have i mean yeah you know to your point like it doesn't check many of any of the bosses of what you would expect for that role but you know if i didn't know already i would have never guessed he just lived in that role. It was really, really very impressive and memorable. Like there, it's such a good show. Yeah, and you know, as much as like I complain about being sort of pigeonholed into certain things in terms of writing, it's it's inevitable to a certain degree that we do it because you know we are sort of compartmentalizing and trying to figure out like you know because as you're saying, it's like I I would love to work in a lot of different tones and different genres and things like that, but you know it's one of those things where it's like the industry it's they they know you for it's like oh yeah he's a southern guy that writes murder shows you know and yeah and which is fine like that's their their worst things to to be but it is it is one of those things where it's like i get frustrated about it and then i realize that i'm doing it myself so <laughs> but yeah I, I imagine that is tough because well you're known for this but it's like cool well i'm known for that so known for something so that's good but then once you're known as that like good luck Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to work so much harder, no doubt, to get out of that box. It's just like, uh, hey, Mark Hamill was in Star Wars when you were young. It's like, that's amazing. Yeah, well, you're a Star Wars guy now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when something is that, you know, becomes yeah. that iconic. It's like you're either, it's either the beginning of a long, great, and diverse career, or you're just that person for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, I guess, in a similar way, but like Daniel Radcliffe, you know, with uh, Harry Potter Mm -hmm. has, to his credit, done, he took it in a way that I find infinitely interesting, which is, okay, well, I'm set now, so I'll just do whatever interesting work I want to do. Yeah, I love that. I I love to, and sometimes it seems like they're stunts, (laughs) but, but it's also (laughs) like, you know, it's, it's so much more interesting than doing, you know, than, than doing those, those other, those other you know, what, what they've become known for. Because, yeah, that just becomes tiresome, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the most recent example that comes to mind is Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. who I think he's one of the best actors out there. I think he's incredible. And 
you know, not that he's like consciously doing it, but there's a lot to undo with those Twilight movies. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, yeah. I think I'm sure part of it is is, response, is absolutely yeah. conscious. I mean, you know, because it is that thing of, I mean, can you imagine anyone saying what you just said 10 years ago? You know, <laughs> that's fair. It's, it's yeah. like, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's done it and he does it so well. And that's just because he takes his craft so, so seriously, I think. Yeah. And it seems like the, the commonality of like a lot of these actors that, you know, like, like Dylan Hall, like the best thing that ever happened to him in, in a way is Prince of Persia, because mm-hmm. then he just started after he was, you know, you're, you're built up and then torn down as the next big thing. And then you just move on. But he's done so many fascinating roles. And I just rewatched Nightcrawler the other night mm-hmm. and he's just unbelievable in it, you know, and it's like, oh, OK, well, maybe he needed needed that to then get to this, mm-hmm. you know, or or like in talking about a an actor that has a massive, massive life changing hit and then can go in different directions like DiCaprio could have just coasted for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in Titanic and you do that. But. He has done such fascinating work for the entirety of that run post-Titanic. I could not respect it more. And granted, he's an extreme example because he's like an Mm all-timer. But, you know, he could have just been a movie star for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that the thing, I mean, like you're saying with the Gyllenhaal thing, it is, it's, I mean, one of my favorite quotations that I've I remind myself of daily is the Richard Rohr said, you know, success has nothing to teach you after age 30. And, <laughs> and I do think that that is, you know, one of the most important lessons for us to sort of remember, because as you're saying, it's like when you're putting all of your, you know, when you, when you're making choices out of fear for your next, when you're making choices out of fear of losing what you have or, yeah. you know, maintaining what you have and just doing those things, then you're, there's, there's not going to be any growth there, but it is the thing where it's like that failure that you're talking about of Gyllenhaal's, it's like that put him in a place of saying like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do my crawler. I'm going to do all of these things. And I'm not going to listen to as much to the people who have, a vested interest in the 10% that they're getting or the packaging fee or whatever of of this thing that I'm, that I'm in because inevitably, you know, nothing against them, but that is going to sway them to, to sway, sway me into things. So, yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. It feels like, um, not to sound like overly cynical, but it does feel like the movie studios are deeply inconvenienced by the people making the movies, (laughs) you know, you know, they, they have their, spreadsheet and their algorithm and they want you to hit the four quadrants mm-hmm. and oh you're being difficult meanwhile it's like no i'm just trying to make the thing i want to make mm-hmm. but it's um uh, what is it like to work in that industry i imagine you have to um believe in what you're doing on a cellular level to keep going mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think that for the for you know like i i finished at nyu like whatever it was 18 years ago right Mm -hmm. and for 15 of those years i was struggling to make ends meet and most frequently struggling to pay my rent and so that's like the first the first struggle right is is even figuring out like how to do that and then the next struggle is to is more of an emotional thing which is newer to me which is okay what do I want to do that I actually care about? And then 
you have to care about it so much and put everything that you possibly can into that. And then you have to like, like a little paper boat, <laughs> you got to like <laughs> go put it in the ocean and set it to sea and forget that it exists, you know, because yeah. you don't have like no expectations of that it will ever come back, you know? Yeah. And that is the, that's the emotional part of it. That's very, that's very, very hard. And I think there's another element of what you're saying too, which is like, because for the longest time, I mean, for all of those, you know, especially the first sort of 15 years, it was like, well, why won't they make my show? And why won't they just make my movie? And especially with the television show, it's like, well, yeah. the reason that they won't make it is because it's giving your young dumbass a $50 million corporation. Like you're about to employ hundreds of people. <laughs> and I know, and you know, so it's, it's, I feel like, thank God they didn't give it to me. The idea of like, oh yeah, I shouldn't be CEO of this thing at this age. Right. And I, that, and that's the thing where it's like the, you know, the sort of Garth Brooks unanswered prayers of it all, where, <laughs> where, where it is like, oh man, I like, I'm, I'm glad I didn't do that because I would have, I would have screwed it up. And I, and I certainly screwed up in any number of ways, but I just mean like, I, I didn't, I didn't have that early success enough to screw it up in the ways that I certainly could have. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's part of it too. And so I think that, you know, as you're saying, it's like, yes, they do all have, I don't think that they are, I mean, there's plenty of dumb people in Hollywood and plenty of dumb people in positions of power. I don't think that the vast majority are, I think that the vast majority are, are people that, you know, that, that are, that are afraid of, of, you know, because they know that if they do one or two things that doesn't work in the same way that, you know, yeah. That, you're writing something that might not work or I'm writing something that might not work, then it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, they, they may lose their job, you know? Yeah. And so it is a big risk for them. And so to me, it is, I mean, part of the thing that I've had to learn is, all right, well, what are these genres? What are these algorithms? <laughs> what are all of these things in order to, so that I know what they're wanting yeah. and then I can give them enough of that to do what I actually want to do so that you're like, and it's being sneaky as hell, <laughs> but it is a, it is the thing of, of like, you know, I mean, they always say it's the like sneaking the peas into the mashed potatoes, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is where it's like, well, we want this to be entertaining and we want this to be like, we want you to be able to look at the poster or watch the trailer and know what this is going to be. And it needs to be familiar enough that it's, that people want to watch it or funny enough or exciting enough or terrifying enough or whatever it is. And then it's like, if you give them that, and then it's like, everybody can sit back in their seat because it feels comfortable enough for what they're doing. And then that's when you start fucking with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, um, but, but, I, I always think of like audiences and in my head, I think of in terms of like passive audiences and active audiences. Like passive audiences want want the bit want the the broad to kind of be induced into laughing, being told when to laugh. Mm -hmm. And then you have like active audiences in my head that are the ones that want to be challenged, want to have to work to get there. That want to kind of actively anticipate, not anticipate, um, participate in what this thing is. And yeah, you know, it's you can do a mixture of the two, but I can't imagine what it is to try to create something like that because that that's a hell of a balance i mean just multiple genres within the same work 
it, it's just it's like a I mean any movie or TV show that gets made feels like a magic trick mm-hmm. just of what it takes to get there in the first place. But to then for every everything to be for something to be good amidst all of these circumstances in and of itself, it's just like it, it's a magic trick. It's just wild to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's right. I mean, I do think it's like you have to you have to learn how to be good at it, and then you also have to get lucky, you know. And that's yeah. what's so infuriating, and why so many people who are really good at this are justifiably enraged that the fact that they're not getting their chance to do it because it is, you know. And it's and look, there's there are are things that I've written that that I are so like I felt like I you know sat down at the desk and just bled and and you know that that meant so much to me and and have never been produced and probably never will be produced you know and and there are just things there are just things like that but um and sometimes it is it does feel completely fickle you know and sometimes it's about the the moment because you know you may have you may have something that is in like whatever the horror genre or something. And then it's like, Oh, well all these places that might buy this normally already bought something like this, you know, or, yeah. or whatever it is, you know? So it's, it's um, that's the tough, one of the challenges is that there's no, there's no rule book, you know, it's not like, okay, well you go and, you know, you practice, you know, 10 hours a day at basketball and then, you know, and it certainly helps if you're whatever, six, eight. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but that said, it's like, like if you do things for very long times, like they are crafts, you know, and you can sort of figure out how to get better and better and better. Um, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to make a living at them, but you know, there's a pretty good chance that you will in most, in most fields. And with this, it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, that's why I always feel so bad when, when younger writers or people are, are like, well, you know, what should I do? And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't, and, and I wish I knew, but, but everybody I know has a difference that is making a living at this has a different story of how they got there. And so like the yeah. only advice I have is just to like, keep doing it <laughs> and to, you know, <laughs> and like, I'll give you practical, whatever that means. Yeah. I, I'll give you practical <laughs> advice. Of, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, the 10,000 hours of it all, like it is, it is that to a certain extent, but it's yeah. also just like, I get way too, on the one hand, I get very, way too cynical about it a lot of the time. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, I, like I, if I can, you know, through trial and error and my own idiocy, like I can actually eventually make a living at it, then, then yeah. surely you can. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like too, that there's some artists and things that they're just like, well, you know, that become known. It's like, well, why did you? why did you continue with it? And they're like, well, this is all I can do. Right. And, so, you know, in a weird way, like something could be said for that too. Yeah. Now, granted, we only hear about the stories of the people that quote unquote made it. So it, it's certainly not always um, the best and happiest endpoint. but you know, I, I don't know. I, all, I guess all you can do is put yourself in the best position you possibly can. And then it's just uh, magic and luck. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that that you know that's something where it's like forever. Everybody said, well, you need to have a backup plan, like you know, learn to become an accountant too, or learn to do whatever. And you know, like I'm, I have a degree in English and philosophy, and uh, an MFA in playwriting. So I'm literally the most useless. <laughs> like I cannot imagine a worse like recipe for 
for success than than <laughs> that. And and honestly, like again, I don't want to tell somebody not to have a backup plan. Sure. But like I also am sort of like like if I had had a backup plan or if I had any any marketable skills whatsoever, like I would have given up a long time ago. You know, yeah. like I just had to, I got to the point where I was so far in debt that I was just like, I just have to write because I can't, I don't have any other skills. Like no one would <laughs> well, hire I mean, me. You're the exception anything. and not the rule for, for success, you know, in, in such a, a hyper competitive business like that. Right. You know, like there, the, for all the, the people that are known and that have made it that I've written shows, there are in seemingly probably an infinitesimal amount of people that were not so lucky. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's the other thing too, is it's like there are writers that are objectively so much smarter and better than me that I know. And I have sent their scripts to my agent or my manager or whatever. And it's like, I'm just like, you're a crazy person for not like representing this person. Yeah. You know, if you don't, but it's like it never, it never works. You know, it like never, and I'm, and I'm, and so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> like, I don't know why, yeah. I don't know why they, they wouldn't do that. Now, of course, it's like if that person gets hired for something, you know, I've also had the things where it's, I get the email years later with like, well, don't you know so? And it's like, yeah, you should definitely, you, you should have definitely, you know, gotten them as a client years back. <laughs> yeah. Tried to tell you. Sorry. <laughs> right. I really do so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to take too much time, too much more of your time, but before I wrap it up, I do want to ask you, what have you seen? I know that this is a, a particularly interesting year for a billion reasons, but from a movie standpoint, just so many different things have been pushed back. So we have less, but there are a lot of interesting indie movies, for example, that have come out this year. But mm -hmm. what have you seen that you really liked? See, I'm trying to think. I haven't seen a I haven't seen a lot of features this year. I mean, other than like older things where I'm trying to kind of work through lists of, you know, but like, a, like in terms of series, I think that my favorite things I've seen are, let's see, well, Normal People, I thought was just, it destroyed me um, on. I loved it. It's so loved it. It's so, and it's just so like painful. <laughs> and I can't yes. believe that I just kept, wanting to go back and watch more of that but it's i think it's the best thing that i've seen this year uh there was another show that came out a couple of years ago that's also on hulu that was a bbc show i believe called national treasure don't con oh, don't con okay. don't confuse it with uh nicholas cage trying to steal the <laughs> yeah. constitution it's not that it's a british show about this sort of famous comedian uh who's part of this comedy duo who gets me tooed and it is okay. and it's i mean i think it's like four or five parts but it's just devastating like it's so it's so so good okay. um i'll have to watch that i'm trying to think what else i saw that's new we caught up on better call saul which i i thought the last season was really really good um i think it's incredible i think that last season is i think it might be an all-time season of television for me i, I think it's I, I fantastic too, because it's like the like i i think we watched the first season when it first came out and then we kind of you know the 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 pacing of it was such a different bag and it just yeah. some, seemed like a very different show and we didn't watch anymore 
and then we pick it back up and you know like the first three seasons are a very different pace than what you're expecting from Breaking Bad and then mm-hmm. it's like you sort of get used to that and then all of a sudden like the last two seasons are sort of that that sort of Breaking Bad drama and yeah I thought that last season was one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen I prefer Better Call Saul to Breaking Bad mm-hmm. but it's an unfair thing to say because they made Breaking Bad right and now they learn different things and they they you know they they learn from it but they know exactly what they're doing and they feel like they're in complete control of every single thing yeah and it's so impressive like it's so good and bob odenkirk i mean every actually rhea seahorn everybody mm-hmm. in that show it's like a master class in television to me it's so good yeah it, it's really great i mean the other thing and this is not new to this year but like i i am still like i i rewatched all of atlanta this year yes um I, I I'm just I I watch that show and I'm I'm in awe and then I'm mad at it, um, <laughs> because it's just and you know but it but it was it was particularly affecting like this year in in lieu yeah. of of everything that's gone on and rewatching it and I know they're they're doing I think they're shooting like they're about to shoot whatever two two more seasons and I just couldn't be happier because I. I just love it. I I love everything about it. I'm so excited. That show, it's weird because I know it's obviously it's not, but something about that show feels so effortless. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just the confidence in it. And something could be said for them not knowing, having a a lot of background in, I think they even describe like not knowing what it is to make a television show. Mm Mm-hmm. And Which is probably the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Yeah, but like, yeah, but it was up there for me, like immediately with some of the best stuff I've watched. Like that in Succession, mm-hmm. kind of jumped the line for me. Yeah, of things that I'm like, oh, this is this is all time TV in real time. Yes. Yeah. I th- and I and I felt like I mean with Succession too. It's like I think I watched the first few and I was like, I just I don't want to watch like I don't want to watch more shows about rich people. And I just it took three know. or four for me, and then it kicked in hardcore for me. Yeah, and then like the second season, I was like, I mean, it's the season is like expert. I'm great, but yeah, I mean, with and and with Atlanta, it was it's, I just, you know, I mean that that dude is. I just remember when like Childish Gambino's first when his first album came out, and I was like, oh okay, he's gonna no yeah. now the act now the actor from Community is gonna make a rap album, and I listened to it. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, he's good at that. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, so now they gave him a TV show. Let's see how yeah. this goes. And I watch it, and I'm just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> I know. I, I saw that, too, and it, I, I thought that, too, about, like, rap and then the show. And then I'm like, uh, then in my head, I'm like, oh, no, fuck me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, and there's also just character. I mean, Lakeith Stanfield is probably, like, I would just watch him read the phone book. I think he's the funniest human uh in you know alive right now and i could i'm just fascinated to watch him and then, i love him um, and then the dude that plays tracy like in the second season i can't get over he like i rewatched like almost i remember I rewatched that whole season mostly just to rewatch tracy's name um anyway yeah. it's just you know like the other roommate guy that comes in when uh at the at the beginning of the the second season anyway yes. that's great it's and then so um Oh, sorry. No, no. I was just saying it's so good. And then uh, we just started this French show called The Bureau. 
which is uh, I've heard that's good. Weirdly, like kind of like an espionage show, and I guess they've already done I don't know four or five seasons, but yeah, it's it's really good. It's on uh, Sundance, I guess, but okay. it's it's I guess they did the same thing that they did with the Returned or whatever, where it's um, you know a successful French show, and then they they bring it over here. So oh, nice. uh, okay, yeah, it it's at least so far, it's it's definitely worth watching. I think to to add to that, a couple shows that I would recommend that are known to varying degrees, but on Amazon Prime, Zero 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 is one of the best shows okay. I've seen this year. It's from the producers of Gamora, mm-hmm. and it's a globe-trotting, you know, it follows three primary storylines that are at different points of drug shipment, mm. and it's okay. and Dane DeHaan's in it. It's pretty exceptional, I think. I, I read about that. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's right. very, uh, yeah. very good. Uh, Andrea okay, uh, Riseborough, mm-hmm. who is she's an incredible actor highly recommend that search party which is coming back in january for another season which is on hbo max love that show i think it's both hysterical and just so well made and like such a an impressive balance of different genres highly recommend that okay pen 15 is really good Mm -hmm. on hulu okay Mm -hmm. my wife my wife watched that and it's one of these things where it's like i'll have to go out of town for work or whatever and she'll be like well i want to watch this i'm like okay go ahead and then I plan to catch up on it. And then I'm like, am I going to watch like 10 hours of television by myself <laughs> to catch up? I'm not. Yeah. So. I know. It's it's pretty daunting. But uh, last thing I'll mention too is there are two seasons of it, it dark comedy, Patriot on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. I love that it's show. It's so good. Love it that show. So, I'm, I'm mad that it's over. I know. Because it's, it's uh, yeah, I, I love, I, I remember that dude made um, the weatherman uh steve conrad's his name right um, yeah and he also did uh and perpetual grace limited which is oh, okay. ran one season highly recommended and it's uh ben kingsley and mm-hmm. jimmy simpson and it's really oh, okay. interesting really really good highly recommend that okay yeah i, yeah. I love i mean that's a, that's a guy that's like you know i know he i know he has probably made a good living writing other stuff but the stuff that is very much like weatherman was is feels like his very singular style yeah and that that's what i loved about patriot is like it felt like a an extension of of that and it just felt like he was very happy making that show and it made me happy yeah no to your point like it felt like um like he it was like the most fully realized him of like Mm -hmm. this is oh this is what i do and he lacked limitations and then to see that and like oh it's also great even better yeah well i mean i think that's the the beauty about some of these you know when when these people have kind now now there's so many of them are being kind of gobbled up by the bigger you know companies and whatever but it's like i mean to me there's always a reason that it's like those early shows at hbo were so good and there's those early shows Absolutely. at fx and those early shows at amazon it's like it's because like nobody knows what they're doing and you know and so they the the artist is allowed to sort of find it and build on that and be be more themselves and then you know it's like they get a couple of hits under their belt and then all of a sudden it's like there's an entire development team and (laughs) yeah so anyway it it uh I, i i that's one of the things i like so much about that yeah something can be said for a lack of expectations yeah and uh I think whereas like AMC felt like it was the next big thing and it's got plenty of hits and it still continues to like better call Saul. I feel like kind of um, what I thought AMC would become is what FX is now. Yeah, I think that 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 was one of the 
fray with Rectify initially sold that to AMC and it was going to be their next show. And then they did, you know, they were like, yeah, we're going to do the zombie show first. <laughs> and then there was no more Rectify there, yeah. you know, and so they put it on, on Sundance. But like, and we had the same, we had kind of the same, a similar experience with the show that, that my friend Michael and I sold to them was that like we, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it was, I guess, bigger than rectify but it wasn't like a big show and you know and then i think that they were just sort of like all right well everything's got to be as big as for a while they were like everything's got to be as big as these zombie shows yeah you know and it's like that's not how you i don't know anyway that's not <laughs> everything yeah. has to be game of thrones now it's like well you can't just uh, create lightning in a bottle yeah like that's not how that well, works that's a good callback because if you can believe it, that's the name of the show that I was searching for earlier. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> the, where they where they shot a pilot and then they reshot. Like, oh yeah, some, yeah. It was yeah, Tom yeah. McCarthy, right, who directed it. Yeah, I think that's right. What a wild con- like the idea of him directing that. <laughs> I, I I mean, knowing what it became is one thing, but it was already that giant thing from the get go. Right. So the idea of him directing, I'm like, that is, what a fascinating choice. Yeah, it must have been an office drama first. <laughs> <laughs> it was an office drama about uh, magical shoes <laughs> from the cobbler. <laughs> um, yeah, no. But it, and I, I mean, and it was probably great, like, in a lot of ways. But yeah, I'm sure yeah. they saw the potential of it being much bigger or something. Who knows? Yeah. That's as good a time or as good as way as any to end the show. Is there anything you want to point people toward before we wrap it up? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, you know, it, it, everything that I'm, I'm hoping that production starts back in, in earnest in 2021 and we get to start actually making things again. And I, you know, I have, there's a, a few things that I, you know, three different things that I'm trying to go out with and sell. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I mean it'll 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 be a bit before anything of mine will be on on the screen again if it is at all. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, watch those shows that I recommended. Absolutely, yes. There's just there's so much good stuff out there right now. Absolutely. But yeah, thank you for your time. This was great. I love this. Yeah, sure thing, man. Well, thanks thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Please stay safe. Please wear a mask and take care. Bye.